This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Everything you hear is we, you know, we believe in Zach. We believe in Zach. You know, if they go out and lose 40 to nothing like the Giants did a week ago to the Cowboys and Zach Wilson is getting sacked like Daniel Jones got sacked last week, Aaron Rodgers, he, he could be a cult leader. He's not going to be able to convince guys not to lose faith in, in Zach Wilson. So mm-hmm. whatever Rodgers can do, I'm sure he will be supportive. It seems like he's been supportive so far, but I just don't know what really what it is. Zach Wilson is, up, is not better can. than he has been so far. He's got to be better than he has been so far. And if he is better than he's been so far, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is really going to need to say anything. No, he won't. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time. To know your opponent. Third and final hour of ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. Gordon Damer and I. Moving on to our second know your opponent tonight. This in preparation for the Giants heading west to face the Arizona Cardinals and to let us know what's going out, what's going on in Arizona. Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Cardinals for ESPN, joins us right now. Josh, Larry Hardesty, and Gordon Damer in the Big Apple. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Josh, give me your early impressions of the new head coach out there, Jonathan Gannon. Um, I think he's still a work in progress, still trying to figure out who he is um, himself as a head coach, what kind of leader he wants to be, what kind of kind of forward-facing um, coach he wants to be. Uh, I will say this, though, that he it brings a lot of energy to this team, and they haven't seen that in a while. And he brings a lot of um, enthusiasm and intensity, and I think we saw that on the field kind of, you know, come through him into the players in Washington uh, on Sunday. So, um, you know, he's, he's a defensive-minded guy. You guys are familiar with him from, from playing from the Giants, playing against him, you know, four times last two years with the Eagles. So um, this team is going to be a very hard-nosed team, very tough team because of him. Josh, it feels like the, the feeling about the Arizona Cardinals – uh, here is that this the talk has been they're tanking this year they're tanking they're tanking they're tanking is that the sense you get from covering the team that they're intentionally like not trying to actually win games this year no that's ridiculous what what nfl team is going to actually go out there and say we're not going to try hard and try to win a game right like it's utterly absurd and i've been hearing this for months now right like no they are not tanking they are not trying to take like, this team isn't a rebuild. There's no doubt about that. Like, new GM Monty Ford came in and basically stripped down this roster and is rebuilding it little by little. Uh, a lot of one, two, a uh, couple three-year contracts in there. So, you know, it's all about the short term now, trying to get through this season, trying to fix the financial issues this team was facing. That's why DeAndre Hopkins isn't around anymore. Um, so there's definitely a roster situation. But, no, they're not tanking. Like, like this team was legitimately pissed off on Sunday that they didn't win that game when they should have beat the commanders. There's no doubt about it. They should have won that game. And these guys were not happy about it. They, they know what the narrative is around them, right? They know that nobody thinks they're going to be any good. Everyone thinks they're going to get the first pick. A lot of people think they're going to trade Kyler Murray, like all this stuff. They hear it and they read it, but no, they are not tanking. It is utterly absurd to think the NFL team is actively trying to lose. You know, they might not have the talent that other teams do, and I think that's a fair assessment, but no, they are not tanking. Well, I'll say this. Uh, clearly, we know the players aren't tanking because they, they're going out there giving their all. 
We know the players aren't. But, you know, when and, – and here's the problem, I think, is that when you look at a veteran quarterback like Colt McCoy get cut and then they bring in Joshua Dobbs, you're thinking, okay, why would you make that move if you're really trying to keep things stable for whenever Kyler Murray returns, whether it's minimum of four games because he's on pup. So it's a minimum of four. It could be his – may not see him until the middle of the season. So I think that's kind of where that, that comes from. Give me your thoughts mm -hmm. on, on what Dobbs mm -hmm. did in, in his first game. First off, you are 100% right, right? Like, like the move still doesn't make sense to me or a lot of people who are on this team. Um, it took a lot of people by surprise. It took, it took Colt McCoy by surprise. He was shocked that it happened. Um, and, you know, and if, here, like, like if, if we're going to talk about that angle of the idea that they're quote-unquote tanking, like, it, it, I can see where people are going to say, you know, they're not trying, they're not giving, they're not putting their best foot forward this season because they went ahead, cut the quarterback who is a veteran, who is the guy who is very clean before the snap, who, you know, is, is, is efficient, is really good from that zero to 10 yard, you know, knows what he's doing, has experience, has played some, you know, a lot of football in his career in favor of the guy who had two career starts before he got here, right? Like, I, 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 I understand why people think that. Um, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? And I still don't know why. And I'm not going to defend either party because I don't know why they did this. And no, we may never know why they did it. But Josh Dobbs, I mean, he was behind the eight ball when he got here, right? Like, sure, he had some familiarity with his offense because he spent time in Cleveland last year with the Cardinals OC and quarterback coaches. Um, but, you know, his first game action with, with his new teammates was week one. Like, that's wild. Anyone who's been around this game for a while, for a while like, they know that is, that's absurd. That is absurd, too. Like, you're going to have your starting quarterback without an injury to anybody else come in two weeks before the season starts, six practices, learn an, an entire playbook, and learn how to, how to work with a center, how to work behind an offensive line, and get in tune and timing and get in rhythm with your receivers. It's crazy. And he did okay. Like, it, it wasn't pretty at times, but he was fine. Like, there, there was, you know, it, I, will it get better this week? I don't know. I would think so. You know, I think there's more, you know, all we hear is time on task. Like, the more time on task that he has, the more time with his teammates, the more reps he gets, you would think that there's going to be some sort of natural progression. Um, but what that looks like, I, I, I don't know yet. I know he's been in the league for a little while, Dobbs. What is it about him that they like about his game? They like that he is—he's um, a bigger guy, a taller, um, and he—he—he—he he, he can move, right? He can move in the pocket. He can get out and run. He can make plays with his feet. And I think that they really like it. That was not Colt McCoy's game. It just wasn't. No. Um, and it's not a knock on anybody. It's just who he was, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they like that aspect of what Josh Dobbs can do. And it's very similar to what Kyler Murray can do, not on the same level as Murray, but, like, they can run a lot of the same things because Dobbs can get out and make a play or try to make a play with his feet. He can, you know, he can shift the, the pocket, stuff like that, just like Kyler Murray can do. Josh, what is Arizona expecting from this Giants team that got embarrassed on Sunday night? Are they expecting a team that's, you know, going to be in a really bad mood? Uh, or what, 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 what are they uh, expecting from this Giants team? They, yes, yes. They are expecting a team that's going to come in here ticked off, which they probably are and will be. Um, and they are expecting a team that's going to try to punch it down their throat with, with Saquon. And they have been talking a lot about, how Daniel Jones can do a little bit of everything. And I think that makes the team pretty nervous. Um, you know, they, but you know, here's the thing, like Jonathan Gannon, he's had to scheme him out four times. 
Nick Rollins, who's now the DC, was a linebackers coach for the Eagles last last couple of years. He's had to scheme them up, so they know they they know what to expect. They know what's coming, but they also know that Saquon Barkley is an absolute force, and they are preparing to make sure that he can't beat them. Whether that's going to happen, whether they can actually stop him, I don't know. But they are that they're focusing on him, and they're focusing on all the aspects of what Daniel Jones can do. What's the status? Of, uh, I know he's obviously out, but do we know when Kyler Murray is expected back? We don't. We don't. Like, like, like you guys were talking about earlier, like for sure four games. Um, that's the minimum he's going to be out because he's on the pup list. But I, I find it very hard to believe he's going to come back that week five and just start after you know practicing for one week. So my guess is somewhere in the week six to eight range because if he's not back by week eight, without, that's 21 days right now. Uh, five, six, seven, week seven, if he's not back by week seven, then he'll be on pup the rest of the season. So he has to be active um, by week seven. I guess whether or not he starts, that's the question. But I don't see him coming back before midseason at this point. Josh, he's still viewed as the franchise quarterback for that team? Or are you starting to see where they're kind of like, you know what, you know, if, if, if things don't go well, we may need to draft a quarterback and start to look and start to move on from this? So it's a very interesting question because – I do see him still as the face of this franchise. I see him as that quarterback, that, that, that the franchise quarterback. But we have no idea how he's going to interact with his coaching staff come game time, right? Like, he's he's doing all the right things now. He's showing up early. He's leaving late. He's active in the meeting rooms. He's asking a lot of questions. He's learning this offense. He spent a lot of time. Like, so when, he, when Cliff Kingsbury was in Arizona, his play calls were very short. They did a lot of one and two, three-word play calls, a lot of hand signals. The play calls under new offensive coordinator Drew Petting are a lot longer. And Kyler Murray has spent a lot of time trying to perfect that now. He's, you know, he's taping himself and listening to it back. He's standing in front of the mirror and going through his play calls, stuff like that. So when he does get back on the field, the, the transition, that, that learning curve is, 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 is shrunk quite a bit. Um, but it, 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 it like, as of now, yes, he is the face of the franchise. Come back to me in December, and we'll see how the season played out. Like, that, that might change. But my, my opinion, my guess right now, my educated opinion, is that he will be the quarterback in 2024 and beyond. I do know that Jonathan Gannon likes him quite a bit. He took this job largely in part because Kyler Murray was here. You know, the one thing we've heard from Gannon quite a few times is, hey, like, when you – when, when, when there's an open job in the NFL, they usually don't come with a premier quarterback. This one did. Even though he was hurt, he, they still had him on the roster. So that was attractive to him. I don't see him wanting to go to see what's behind door number two because it's so risky. You know, I think there's a few positions in the NFL that, that, that coaches, established coaches, don't necessarily want to risk their livelihood on. And I think that's a, a college quarterback that's an offensive lineman, and that's a cornerback. And I think that the safe mode or the safe play in this case would be, you know, maybe if they do get that first pick, trade the first pick, maybe for, you know, a package that includes a star player, get a ton of picks in return, and maybe try to work their way up to number two and get Marvin Harrison, who can be that perfect complement to Kyler. Josh, last one for me. Um, I don't know if the players there are aware of the narrative here or care, but the narrative surrounding the Giants is they cannot lose to the Cardinals. They lose to the Cardinals, the Giants season is over, which is, is somewhat interesting considering the Cardinals were far more competitive in week one 
than the Giants were. Are the players aware of what the sense is around the league, like the last team you want to lose to is the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. They understand that people here, people around the country, think that they're terrible, right? We've heard, like, like every player somehow tries to, in, the, in their interviews, to, tries to slide in, like, nobody expected this. Nobody thought this would happen. Um, and it's true. Like, people around the country did not think any of this would happen. Like, they did not think Sunday was going to be as close of a game as, as it was going to be. But um, they also haven't been listening to me all year, or all, all offseason. Because one thing I said is this defense, this front seven is really good, and they show that six sacks with five guys. Now, the other part of your question, like, do they know what's being said about the Giants? No. Do they care? Probably not. You know, like, they – they know that they need a win just as bad as the Giants need a win because the rest of their schedule the first half of the season is really, really tough. And sure, they played the Commanders hard, but like and they have the Cowboys after this, they have the Niners after that, and they have a bunch of playoff teams you know, beyond that, that game. And so they need a win just as badly as, as the Giants need a win. So I don't think they're going to sit around and be like, oh, well, we can't, you know, the Giants can't lose to us, blah, blah, blah. They don't care. You know, they want to win just as much as the Giants do. Last one from me uh, on the defense. Defense didn't play badly, as you mentioned. Uh, what happened in that fourth quarter? They had 16-10 lead, so it's a two-parter. What happened in that fourth quarter, and what have you seen from this rookie corner, Cottrell Clark? Yeah, I, I think what happened Sunday is that they just ran out of gas, right? And the offense was 4-14 on third down. They could not stay on the field. So they were, you know, this defense played a, a ton of snaps. They were constantly coming up back on the field. And I think they, they just ran out of ran out of gas. They were playing on fumes. And um, it did not help that the offense did not score a touchdown. So I think if they got some help, they would have won that game. Like, it would have been an easy win had the offense played decent, right? Like, they played okay even. They would have won that game. Um, so I think that's what happened. Keto Clark, he is – I mean, he, he impressed enough to win a starting job during during training camp. Rookie at a Louisville. Um, he, he's a smaller guy, but – He's very quick, um, and he's really good in, in, in press coverage. Um, and the one thing that I think they like about him is that he's tough, right? Like, he, like he, will, he does not get bothered by who he's going up with as a, as a rookie. Granted, it's only been one week, but he has that mindset of, like, I don't care who I'm facing. Like, like I can do this. And I think that that, that impressed, especially a guy like Jonathan Gannon. He's a former uh, safety himself, like, so he understands that mentality. Um, but, you know, he's still a work in progress. There's still some times on Sunday in, in Washington where you kind of saw him, you know, play like a rookie. So there's still some work to be done, but I think in large part, he, he has what it takes to be, you know, a quality NFL corner. Josh Weinfuss does a great job covering the Arizona Cardinals for ESPN. Thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. When we return, Gordon and I will discuss what Josh had to say. Interesting things about uh, that Arizona defense. Boy, Gordon, they, you talk about the schedule. <laughs> they got a tough. Arizona's got a tough. Everybody, everybody's got a tough schedule, right? Oh, you, you no, but they really have. Like, a oh tough my god, schedule. where where are you going to get a win? <laughs> I don't know where they're getting a win. If they don't win Sunday, I don't know when they're getting a win. You talk about zero and six. They might be zero and nine. That might be on the table. Uh, we'll have some conversation with you next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I got to tell you, they got problems in Arizona. <laughs> they got problems in Arizona. I don't see a win for them. By, Harvey will be a year older before they get a win. 
Well, I mean, if they don't win this game, they're not getting a win for a very long time. No. And if the Giants don't win this game, they're not getting a win for a while. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the battle of the must wins. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I might have to. I might have to l- like leave if if the Giants can't win a game. If they can't beat Arizona, I think they win. I, they'll win the game. Uh, they have to, right? Yeah, they'll win. The game. You know, Arizona's not gonna put up enough points. The line is only like four and a half. Yeah, I know. Vegas is not bullish on the. Usually, you lose a game like that. If you're a good team and you have mm-hmm. a disgusting performance in Week One, yeah, you figure there's going to be a big bounce back. Like the Bills, I think are nine and a half point favorites against the the, the Raiders. Yeah, I'm sure the Bengals. Uh, who do the Bengals play this week? Baltimore. So it's not going to be that big of a line, but you know, people expect them to bounce back. In fact, there's only like four and a half. That's that's. Well, it's on troublesome. the road. It's oh, on the road. And, and yeah, but it's against the team that everybody just assumes is going to be the worst team in football this year. I know, I get it, I get it. That I worst team, the generally what people think is going to be the worst team in football, generally does not turn out to be the worst team in football. This Something might be the happens exception. along the way. Yeah, I know, but this might be the exception though, because they're trying to be the worst team in football. I, I think they are. <laughs> you know, they're trying to be. I think, so I think they this are. is the, this is this is the truth. I mean. Come on, Gordon. You don't send Colt McCoy home. <laughs> For a guy who's never played. You, you, you don't do Just that. bring him in one day? I mean, come on. Come on. Let, let's be honest. They know. Who, who, let's, let's put it this way. Let's, let's ask this. If Arizona is not going to be the worst team this year, who's going to be the worst team this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say through one week. It is. It is. Get back to does, me in two weeks. Yeah, it do, do, does seem like they have the inside track. And if I'm Kyler Murray, why am I rushing back? No. I'm, I'm just saying, why am I rushing back? I wouldn't rush back. Not at all. Can you imagine that standing in front of the mirror calling plays because the plays are so long? Oh, my God. It, they got issues. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm maybe saying. The Texans, maybe the Texans would be the worst team. They got better quarterback. Yeah. The, the, Quarterback's yeah, better than Dobbs. I, I, He's played as many games as Dobbs has played. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't know who else would be. Uh, it's, it, 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 whatever team that is, they have not revealed themselves. They have not revealed yet. themselves yet. No. I don't know who's going to be number two, but I know who's number one right now. In the clubhouse, the clubhouse leader. Yes, the very strong right betting now. favorite is the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Off to the phones we go. John's in Q Gardens. John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, guys? Big fan of your show. Thank you, John. Uh, so I had a question. So I know statistically you can't compare, but considering all the variables and you know what they are, what do you think is the more impressive defensive performance, the Cowboys against the Giants and what they did or the Jets against the Bills and what they did? All right, John, thanks for the phone call. That's a good one. Gordon, I got to say the Giants. I gotta say the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it's the Cow. The Cowboys. The Cowboys' performance was just total domination. It was from start to finish. Now the Jets had a great performance, but they it was did. largely the turnovers, getting the turnovers when they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the, the Bills did move the ball. The Bills did have a lead. The Bills should not have lost that game. Giants never think- scored. Yeah, they, and it, outside of that opening drive, didn't really feel like they ever got close. No, no, it was total domination. They did not belong on the same field as the Cowboys. No, not that night. 
not that, that night. night. And there were a lot of bad performances in week one. The Steelers were really bad. The yeah, Bears looked bad. The Panthers yeah. looked bad. Nobody looked worse than the Giants. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Hey. Hey, just just going back to the last call, that's that's an easy answer. It was absolutely the Cowboys because I sat through as a Giants fan, and that was a, an a, gross. It, it was it was terrible. I, I I can't believe I even talked myself into watching the whole game. You couldn't honestly, believe it. The point, honestly, <laughs> to the point that I actually forgot what I was going to bring up. Oh, actually, here it is. How amazing is Las Vegas? Because I, I, I didn't bet a lot, but the the fact that it was a six and a half point spread and somehow <laughs> somehow it's a six point game, <laughs> Vikings versus the Eagles. It's it's they're in, they're it's, it's like Greeny says, you know, they they don't build these giant buildings for nothing. Tommy, it's very simple, my friend, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, the house knows. <laughs> Gordon, the house knows. That's all I'm saying. The house knows. Yeah, and the public doesn't. Gen- no. Generally, generally, the public is. If you see, if, if there's a bet that you like, and I, I, I kick myself for this past week because this year on the Saturday show, I, I'm, t- I'm trying to tie one hand behind my back, Larry. Oh, okay. I am only betting underdogs this year. Oh, okay. I will not allow myself to bet any favorites. We went two and one in, in week one. And uh-huh. the one that I got wrong was the Steelers, which I got really wrong. And I should have known that it was something was up because there was too many people that liked the Steelers. Yeah. So if, if you find out that a lot of people are all on the si- same side, mm-hmm. take the other side. Take the other side. Smart. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. <laughs> you know, Jets fans should have known something was up when you came out with that algorithm, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, how the algorithm? I mean, well, how is it the algorithm's fault? And I think the algorithm, if if Rogers had stayed healthy, I don't know, man. I think the algorithm would have been pretty close. Yeah, you know, maybe the algorithm would have been as close as uh, when you were talking about the Jets fans needs to rally behind Zach Wilson <laughs> and take us down the stretch. Give him some support. What what's what's the harm in supporting the guy? He's your no. quarterback. Unless he gets hurt, he's going to be your quarterback all year. I agree with that, hearing that from a Jets fan. But oh. hearing that from a Miami <laughs> Dolphins fan, just like I said in your hall, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> anyway. I, I'm, I'm taking my Dolphin fandom out. What, what, like, what benefit would I get as a Dolphin fan for telling the Jet? Like, how am I pulling the swerve on, giant, uh, on Jet fans by telling them to support the quarterback that they're stuck with? I like you a lot. I just don't trust you. <laughs> At least you're honest. That's fine. And you're probably not wrong. I, in most things, I would say you're probably right. But Ain't no not probably this about it. <laughs> this game, now let, take the Zach Wilson out of it from the side, and I don't mean this like to disparage him or nothing like that. I'm, I'm just saying, looking at this game football-wise, Dallas Cowboys versus the Jets. And, you know, like I said to you yesterday, I don't understand why everybody is just automatically seeding this game to the Cowboys. I mean, they had a perfect comedy of errors with the Giants. I expect the Giants to play better against them. They need to play better against them the next time they play them. But I wasn't overly impressed with Dallas. And let me tell you why. This game is based on two units for the Jets. 
first unit is the first uh, unit we know. It, it, it's the mash unit. You know what I mean? Hawkeye, Pierce, B.J. Honeycutt. It's the offensive line. <laughs> I mean, can they play physical and have a, a, and give the running game a lift and give Wilson the three seconds he needs before uh, his first read? Three seconds. That's all we're asking for them. And then the second, which is probably actually probably the most important, is the defensive line. Is it just offensive line or defensive line? If the defensive line – Stops the running game, you know, and, and, and I don't see the Dallas Cowboys as having a top running game in the league. I mean, Tony Pollard is a nice, he's a cute player, and then the kid Vaughn, I mean, they don't have much there. If the Jets can stop them, CeeDee Lamb, to me, is a good player. He's not great. And Dak, under pressure in passing situations, when you need him to make it, is average at best. So, I mean, that's where it really boils down to. I can see if the Jets could hold, let's say they hold the Cowboys to, what, 90 yards rushing, 90 to 100 yards rushing, and you make Dak Prescott the primary facilitator and leader of the offense, that's a path to victory. Because not only does they, they dumb the play, as much as we want to talk about Zach Wilson, did you see what McCarthy did for them last week? You want to talk about dumbing the play down, playbook down. We're not having you throwing that ball all the way downfield because we don't trust you. And, you know, listen, they got the, the Jets have a chance to win this game. Like I said, it was 15 to 18%. To me, it's more leaning to about 22 to 25%. You stop the run and make them one-dimensional. I, I, I can't see why the Jets can't win that game. If, if um, you know, I don't care who the quarterback is. If, if, if it's Gary Gnu. <laughs> All right, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. When we return, Gordon and I will preview Week Two in the National Football League. We'll take you around the league next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight. On 98.7 ESPN, Gordon and I chatting with you till the top of the hour. Time to go around the National Football League as we get you ready for week number two. Already in the books, of course, we saw that Philadelphia defeated the Minnesota Vikings. So, Gordon, we will start week two with the Green Bay Packers against the Atlanta Falcons. And listen, nice debut for quarterback Jordan Love, right? Passed for 245 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. A 123.2 rating in the second career start week one. Only NFC quarterback with three touchdown passes last week. And for Atlanta, it was quarterback Desmond Ritter. Completed 15 of 18. That's 83.3%. For 115 yards and a touchdown. Also had no picks. 1-1-1.8 rating in week one. That's the highest completion percentage among all quarterbacks last week. Second quarterback since 1970. Dak Prescott with no picks. In first five career starts with a minimum of 14 attempts per game. So Green Bay at Atlanta. Gordon, I got to tell you, uh, I'm liking, I'm liking, even though both teams are one and zero, I'm liking Green Bay in this one. Well, I mean, the big thing there is, is, is Aaron Jones going to play? He's been out of practice with a hamstring injury. He was a big reason why the Packers were able to pull away in that game from the, the Bears uh, back on Sunday. And, and if you're a Bears fan, that that game had to just make you absolutely sick. Here you are waiting for Justin Fields to finally emerge. And this is a big year for him and the team, the franchise, the, the organization that has just owned you with Aaron Rodgers. He's out. They bring another guy in and they still beat you. 
So that was a sickening game for the Bears fans, who they're probably about as distraught as Giant fans were. Uh, you know, the Falcons are such a weird team because Arthur Smith is so about running the ball mm. and the running back. They're they're fully in on his kind of system of, of playing. They've used high picks on, on running backs. Bijan Robinson this year, he looked okay, but they still don't have the quarterback there. But they've used big picks on on the tight end. They used a, a big pick on uh, on the um, on the receiver who had no catches this past week, mm-hmm. Drake London. So they're a very strange team, and it, it feels like they're 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 going for it with the way that Arthur Smith plays. But if they ever fire him, the next guy coming in. It's going to no take problems. them a while to kind of dig out from some of the picks that they've made with him as the head coach. So uh, I, I agree with you. I think I like the Packers. I think they're favored by a point and a half, but a lot that, of that depends on Aaron Jones. Next game, the Las Vegas Raiders come east to play the Buffalo Bills. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 of 26 last week, 200 yards and two touchdowns, plus an interception. A 107.9 quarterback rating in his Vegas debut. Uh, but really, for me, it's always about Devontae Adams. Gordon, six catches, 66 yards in week one. Had eight catches for 81 yards in this last game against uh, Buffalo. That was September 30th, 2018, when he was with Green Bay. He's been, he loves the AFC East. He's had touchdowns in three of his past four games against the AFC East. And then, Gordon, there's the Buffalo Bills. And here's a crazy situation about Josh Allen. We saw what he did last week against the Jets. But here's a stat that jumps out at you. He's had six interceptions in eight home games last season. Six picks in eight home games. Uh, And so since we did the quarterback and the receiver, Stephon Diggs led the team with 10 catches, 102 yards and a touchdown last week, his 17th game with 100-plus receiving yards. Since joining Buffalo in 2020, Gordon, I got to tell you, uh, Raiders heading east, Buffalo is going to be, you talk about the angry team, they might be even more angry than the Giants were coming off Sunday night. Well, I mean, you take a look at it, the way they lost that game. Um, they better clean it up for this week. Hmm. They got they got to clean it up in a hurry. You, you would think that they are ticked off, and who knows, maybe – Maybe losing a game like that where a lot of the same problems pop up, make it clear to you in the moment that this is this is almost bottom line and we cannot allow this to happen again. The, the problem for the Raiders, both the receivers are banged up, but Devontae Adams has missed some time. I think Jacoby Myers missed the practice as well this week. So that's a tough spot that they're walking into against an angry Bills team that has talk about must win. They, they got to win that game. They, you can't yeah. be losing to the Raiders at home. I mean, it's bad enough you lost to the Jets on a night where Aaron Rodgers goes down right away. You, you got to be able to pick pick up the pieces. And, and if they do, week one is generally overblown. So we will be back. I'm sure a lot of people will be back on the Bills bandwagon. But Josh Allen, the, the questions are not going to go away until he starts playing better. No question about it. Baltimore at Cincinnati, Gordon, the AFC North battle. Ravens won in week one for the seventh time in the past eight seasons. But can they begin 2-0 for the first time since 2020? And Joe Burrow, well, I'll say this. uh, He's 3-0 with 949 passing yards, seven touchdowns, six passes, one rush with no no picks in three career home starts against Baltimore. But he didn't look that way last week. The Bengals, they, they were another team that looked absolutely terrible. And they, they don't they don't really play their starters in the preseason a lot. People have pointed out that 
They've started slow before. Um, but, yeah, Joe Burrow, fresh off the, the contract, he was it, it was bad. Uh, T. Higgins was held without a catch. Jamar mm. Chase didn't do anything. They didn't do anything against a, a Browns team. But they didn't even really look all that good offensively, but their defense just shut down Cincinnati's offense. So another division game for them here. They've, they Another important game in week two. You don't want to be losing. I mean, that division, maybe the Steelers, after what you saw week one, are not going to be part of the mix. But those three other teams are all battling for for positioning in the AFC North. So an important game for, for Cincinnati this week. Gordon, Seattle at Detroit. You know, they combined for the most points, 93, and most yards on offense, 1,075 in the single game last season. That was week four. I got to tell you, Gordon, uh, I respect Geno Smith. I, I'm I'm kind of buying what Detroit is selling right now. I like them in this game over Seattle. Well, this is the year. We've, they, they, we've, we've never had a year where the Lions, this is their year. <laughs> this is finally their year, Larry, where it's about uh, winning some games and making the playoffs and winning the division. And you do want, we, we talk about with Giants, like how much of last year was just everything going right. He had an amazing year last year, Geno Smith, but you do wonder, maybe just he just had a, a, a fortunate year. Maybe he's not the guy that he looked like last year. So um, some questions for the Seahawks for sure. No doubt. Gordon, somebody's O has got to go. Colts and Texans in Houston. Oof. Anthony Richards. Anthony Richardson completed 24 of 37 attempts, 223 yards, a touchdown, and the pick rushed for 40 yards and a touchdown. And then, of course, for Houston, the rookie, C.J. Stroud, 28 of 44, 242 yards, no interceptions in his NFL debut. Tied fourth most completions ever by a quarterback in his NFL debut. Can join Kyler Murray as the only quarterbacks ever with 25-plus completions in each of the first two career games. Gordon, I can't pick this one. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't pick this one. I'm not watching this one, Larry. <laughs> I'm not I when this one comes on the red zone channel I'll be going to get myself a little drink or something I'll be getting a little snack from upstairs uh, uh the two young quarterbacks Richardson I will say this I watched him last week mm-hmm. he has a very unique ability to avoid sacks he does there's a lot of times where you're like oh he's dead to rights here and he's able to finagle his way out of that and apparently that was one of his skills in college as well I didn't really watch him in college all that much but uh He's gonna. They're gonna get him killed with the with the amount that they're running him. Yeah. He's a big physical kid, but uh, I think it's. I think both teams are in for a very long seasons. The Colts and the Texans. No question about that. When we return from this time out, we'll continue to go around the NFL for week number two. Gordon will be headed to Jacksonville, where Kansas City is meeting the Jaguars again. That's next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I got to say, Jacksonville, Kansas City, they've seen a lot of each other over the past couple of months of last year, right? They faced them. uh, Kansas City wins 27-17 in uh, November, and then they faced them in the postseason. Kansas City wins 27-20. Trevor Lawrence against Patrick Mahomes. Gordon, I'll give Patrick Mahomes a slight edge because I believe he gets Travis Kelsey back, and I know he gets Chris Jones back, and I think that might be enough to beat Jacksonville on Sunday. Well, line is a plus three and a half for Jacksonville, so it's not wildly out of whack there. Jaguars are at home. 
And I said, my Saturday show, Larry, we're only picking underdogs. I have not finalized the picks for this week, but Jacksonville very much in the mix. Because yes. everybody's thinking, oh, Chiefs can't go 0-2. They can't go 0-2, right? Right. Kansas City Chiefs, so that's one that's in the mix for sure. Next, we've got the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Interesting quarterback battle here. Gordon, Justin Fields, 275 yards and a touchdown. Pass versus an interception. And, of course, Baker Mayfield, 21 of 34 for 173 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. It's Chicago traveling to Florida. Another one that's in the mix with the Bears, uh, Justin Fields. This is a big year for him. He's really got to step up and show that he is the guy there. It's... It doesn't really feel like they have done the right things and put the right pieces around him. The coaching on Sunday, I, I watched some of that game. It looked an absolute mess. He looked like an absolute mess. And, you know, we talked about uh, Anthony Richardson being able to avoid sacks. Justin Fields does a terrible job of avoiding sacks. And, avoid, and, and, and taking sacks the way he does, mm-hmm. it just kills drives because yeah. they need they can't afford – they have a hard enough time scoring when, when they don't have big negative plays. So they got to cut out those negative plays. He's got to cut out those negative plays. Bears got a lot of work, um, but I don't believe in the Buccaneers either. So yeah, <laughs> let's not get carried away on week one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you saw this up close and personal. Los Angeles Chargers trying to get in the win column. They traveled to Tennessee. For me, it's Justin Herbert in the aerial assault against Derrick Henry in that running game and defense in Tennessee. They ran the ball a lot against Miami. They were very effective doing it. They had the two-headed monster. I don't know if Eckler is healthy for this week, so that might be an issue for them. But the Chargers, they are a team that's not just about making the playoffs. It's about a deep playoff run. So even though it's on the road, Titans are a tough, well-coached team. Chargers have to win that game. Yeah, no question. We've spoken about both these games a lot. You know what's happened. It's 4-0-5, Giants and Cardinals. Must-win game for the Giants. 4-0-5. Uh, 425, it is the Jets and, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. And we told you about that one. So we'll skip those, Gordon, and we'll move to San Francisco and the Rams, both both undefeated. Can Brock Purdy do it again? It's amazing what he's been able to do. Because I thought maybe he might have a little rust last week going into uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, the, the Steelers had absolutely no answers. I thought the Steelers were going to be the worst performance of the weekend, and then the Giants mm-hmm. game started. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it's amazing what they're able to do with quarterbacks out there. It's amazing what Shanahan's able to do. And he was just peppering the ball around the field. And, and uh, McCaffrey was in the mix. And Brandon Ayuk was part of the mix. And, oh, and the tight so end. I mean, they just have so many weapons. They are so talented. And for them, it's about making the Super Bowl this year and winning a Super Bowl. No question about it. Washington. We need a longer music bed for that. We, we, we keep replaying. <laughs> Harvey's working on it. I got you. Washington at Denver. Sam Howell, Gordon, 202 yards, two touchdowns in his second career starting in week one, trying to win his third in a row with both a touchdown and a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. And then, of course, there's Russell Wilson, 27 of 34, 177 yards and two touchdowns, but no picks. Yeah, he had two touchdowns in one game, which he didn't do much of last year. Uh, this is another one. I don't know that I'll be checking this one out too much. Well, I know when you will be checking out Miami at New yes. England. Oh, baby. Is this the week it all goes wrong, Larry? It's, it's coming at some point. Dolphins, 536 yards of offense in week one. 
five the most since 2019 and six most most since 2000. And listen, uh, I, Belichick normally has a pretty good defense, but you know I don't know if he's got anything to deal with that receiving crew of Miami. Plus, they need a running game, Gordon. I mean, Mac Jones, 35 or 54, 54 attempts, 316 yards and three touchdowns. You know, they were feeding Zeke a lot in that game. Zeke is done, man. Zeke is yeah. washed. Like, he, you can yeah. bring him in there to maybe catch some passes and, and pass protect because he's better at that maybe than, than Stevenson is. But Stevenson mm-hmm. is their horse. So, uh, look, it was a, it was a, uh, a positive week one, even though it was a negative in, in the loss. I thought Mac Jones looked really good, almost led them to that comeback. So, yep. uh, Patriots, you can't kill them. No. No, you can't. You got to wait. You got to wait. I, I got to see it to believe it, Gordon. Mm-hmm. I got to see it to believe it. That's how I go with them. That is, of course, the Sunday night game. Monday night, we got a doubleheader. Two games on Monday night. New Orleans Saints at Carolina. I don't think you'll be watching this one either. Derek Carr, 23 of 33, Gordon, for 69, just under 70%. 300 yards and a touchdown in his uh, debut in New Orleans, and of course, Bryce Young, the rookie, 20 of 38, 146 yards in the touchdown, but two interceptions in his debut. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Saints are the team that everybody thinks the Falcons are going to be this year, of, of the team that's going to come out of that division. Couldn't you imagine if, the, if all of a sudden Derek Carr is going to have his best season ever with mm-hmm. everything that happened with Rodgers and the Jets and, and all the conversation about Carr? So uh, it's one week. He has some weapons down there, so we'll see if the Saints can uh, make it 2-0. All right, that's the 7-15 game, the 8-15 game. Cleveland at Pittsburgh, another AFC North battle. Deshaun Watson, not bad last week, Gordon. 199 total yards, 154 passing, 45 rushing. And, of course, you want to see Kenny Pickett, uh, 31 of 46 attempts, 232 yards. A lot of throwing for the young man. Well, I would say both quarterbacks struggled last week. Now, there were bad conditions in Cleveland, uh, for that game, so maybe that was part of it, but this is a big year for Deshaun Watt. He was missing a lot of guys who are wide open, so uh, he's got to he's respond this week, and the Steelers got to respond this week. They had a light uh, – they did, they looked like they didn't belong on the field last week with uh, San Francisco, which is unusual. Yeah. Mike Tomlin at home, an underdog. They usually perform well in those spots. He's an underdog at home again this week. Important game for, for Pittsburgh. And that's week two. In the National Football League. It's going to be an interesting week, I tell you. Going to be an interesting week, Gordon. Uh, by the way, K did take the Eagles. So that was a push for him. So no point. No point. No point. That, and that's got to make him sick. Absolutely. Was oh, one point that's got to make you sick. One point. Now, if it was a three, it would kill him. Oh, he gets one. half a point for that because it's a push? Maybe. I think That's so. what Harvey's telling me. He gets half, half a point. That nah, was only a 1.1 anyway. Yeah, the, I feel like you shouldn't get any point. It's a push. You didn't no, win. Really? You shouldn't get anything. No. Give him nothing. Now, you don't lose anything, but. That's good. How can you, can you lose points on their system? Or is it just you get point When you get the points, they're in the bank. You can't. Like, if you, if you pick the three games and you get the, the, the three-pointer right and the one-pointer right, but you get the two-pointer wrong, do you get two for the weekend? Or is that still the three and the one is four? You know uh, I believe saying? it's the three and the one is four. Okay. We're figuring out math here. They got three. They do three points, two points, one point. Okay. So you don't lose points. You don't. You only you just get, don't get No them. negative points. Yeah, you don't get them. No. Just don't get them. I feel like they should just add a half a point to every line, make sure that every line is, has a half point involved, and then there's no, there's no pushes. Yeah. 
That's what they should do. You know, but at the time he did it, it was six. They're not asking for our advice. I think they're of doing just not. fine. Of course not. Now at the time they did it, it was six, but I think it moved to six and a half. Yes. The the the. Philly I think game. now I think I think it closed at six. The one I okay. saw was at six. Okay. All right. So he's in good shape then. He's in good shape. All right, Gordon. So what you got planned Saturday? I know you're following Mike Quick in the uh, mm-hmm. high school show. We got uh, what I learned on TikTok. We got our NFL picks, and we started a new segment last week. Really? Right? Called receipts. Where callers get to come and and make their bold predictions for the season, uh-huh. and we will keep the receipt, and then if they're right, we will give them the credit for it. They'll be on record as as whatever they wanted to predict. And I'll tell you right now, even though it's only been one week, there's some receipts that will have to be brought up that people don't want to hear. Oh man, already it's tough. week one. I know it's tough. I, I know Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Got a lot of people's receipts. Oh, we got a lot <laughs> got of receipts of, on some uh, some Jet stuff. Got a lot of receipts. Uh, and That's some Giant stuff, too. Some Daniel really? Jones MVPs. and MVP. We'll, we'll be calling people out. Team MVP or league MVP? No, league MVP, Larry. Okay. Uh, go ahead and have a good weekend on that note. <laughs> See you on Monday. <laughs> we'll join you on Sunday night. Harvey, Julian, thank you very much. The conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.